I am the man in the box buried in my... What the hell is wrong with you? You know who I'm talking about, right? No. <laughs> what? You feeling all right? I'm feeling great, man. Apparently so. What's in your cup? Give me give me some of that. Well, go ahead if you want. What is it? It might kill you. Oh, wow. That is good. <laughs> I'm bottling it up there. But anyways, uh, you don't know who that was? No. Man in the Box? Think... You don't know who sang Man in the Box? Not off the top of my head, no. All right. All right. Well, do I? All right. I don't know who sings a lot of good stuff. I'm sorry. There was a girl who went to a pl- magical place after eating mushrooms. Okay. Let's who, is, who is that? Alice in Wonderland. And let's say that she had been captured and uh, confined. What would they put her in? Probably a jail. <laughs> I'm going to go with Alice in Chains here. So uh-huh. we're going with this. We need to talk about some chains today. I, 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 I mean, I'm kind of uncomfortable with where this is going. Talking about a girl in captivity and chains. Okay, well, let's uh, roll with this. <laughs> It's time to hit the trail, lock in those hubs, and throw it into low range. Because you are listening to Wheel It with Keith and Johnny Orange. They're here to talk about 4x4s, trucks, and everything to do with enjoying the great outdoors. Buckle up, here's your hosts, Keith and Johnny Orange. Dude, episode 74. (laughs) Episode 74. And, you know... We always play in numbers. Our listeners know that. We play in numbers. This is true. This is true. 74. 1974, man. Isn't that close to when you were born? The introduction <laughs> in the four-wheel drive world of the NP203. Ooh. And the Quadratrack transfer case. The two first mass-produced chain-driven transfer cases. <laughs> now, chain-driven... So tra- that, like, we need to hear some thunder and lightning go off as you say that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's what I'm saying, though. So, you know, we we talked before on, on the show, way back in the day, uh, Jesse Livingood built some changer oven transfer cases for his Model T conversions. Mm. There was other manufacturers that built uh, some low production stuff, but the first two mass-produced chain-driven transfer cases came out in 1974. And, of course, changed the industry because... I don't think there's anything skier driven anymore, is there? I don't think so. Well, maybe the Mahindra Roxer. Is that is that because they? Yeah, it is because that's a, um, uh, a oh yeah Spicer like, eighteen yeah. version. Yeah, and that might be the only one out there. And maybe our listeners can correct us. I mean, actually, I'd be I'd be interested to know. Is there anything else that's gear driven? I would be too. Not, Besides not after, industrial stuff and not aftermarket. Yeah. So not like we're talking none, none of the atlases. Yeah, not like I, I think those are all gear driven. Yeah, they? that's yeah. all gear driven. So. You know, you got your, your um, factory production gear-driven transfer case in your, hmm. you know, light-duty pickup trucks, jeeps, four x four stuff like that. Like, yeah, we know that the big heavy industrial stuff you can still get that. The military stuff, but. yeah, that doesn't count. <laughs> so, well, that's the question then. That's the question, buddy. So, okay, why, if military, industrial, and heavy-duty off-roading is all still gear-driven transfer cases? 
Why is all the OEM change driven? Comfort. What do you noise. think? Of it? You think it's noise? Yeah, I mean, gear driven. You know, it's it's just different. <laughs> you with a heavy duty application, you don't have to sacrifice comfort and sound quality for functionality. True. Do you think there's a um, production cost difference? I would imagine so. Because you know, like in '74 with the MP203. You had the... You're also talking weight, too, keep in mind. Well, yeah, the MP203 was still cast iron. Yeah. But it had chain on the inside. But then the Quadratrack was aluminum. So that was the first aluminum chain-driven yeah. mass-produced transfer case. Uh, yeah, maybe you're right. I, I, I'm I not 100% sure there. But... Uh, Imagine a lot of it would be the weight more so than anything. Is the whole fuel mileage thing with that. You can make lighter parts. You know, it's going to be cheaper to produce that. You you take two gears and a chain rather than four gears, and all the machining costs involved with machining those four gears. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm kind of losing track of my point here. No, I get <laughs> I get what you're saying, but okay. So our listeners here, most of our listeners to Wheelan, you're already four by four enthusiasts. But even if you're four by four enthusiast, you may not know or fully understand. Um, and for those that you do, we apologize, but I'm, we're going to do a little expl- explanatory thing here. Um, transfer cases are divided into two types for the most part. You have gear-driven transfer cases and chain-driven transfer cases. Yeah. And the difference is that all of your early transfer cases and today what they consider heavy-duty transfer cases were all gear-on-gear. Gear. So you had inside the transfer case, which, of course, is the part of the vehicle that sends power to your rear axle and your front axle. It's what makes a 4x4. Four four. Um, it's the device bolted to the back of a transmission or sometimes divorced from the back of a transmission that allows you to send power to both the front and rear axle. Well, your transfer case, inside of the transfer case, the actual guts of the transfer case, up until 1974, they were all, for the most part, except for some very low production stuff, were gear on gear. So you had cogs like on the inside of a clock or a, you know... Or a transmission. Transmi- <laughs> no, not a trans. Well, a manual transmission. Yeah, or, yeah a real or, transmission. Or, yeah, cute. Uh, <laughs> or a uh, differential. It was all gear on gear stuff. Well, then in 1974, the... NP, which is new process, new process came out with the 203 transfer case. And then Borg Warner came out with, and I don't remember the numbers, but they had a couple different series, but there was the Quadratrack and the Jeeps. And so these were the these were chain driven. Instead, they had gears on both sides, but there was a chain in the middle of it. And like John said, there was um not necessarily fewer moving parts, but there was less heavy parts. Um, <laughs> this was always in the middle of gas crisis. So, yeah. And there was also the advantage of they were able to go a little bit deeper of a low range. Although you can still get that out of a gear-to-gear transfer case with the right setups. But the deeper you go with a gear-to-gear in, say, a um, like a Dana 300 or an Atlas, like with some aftermarket gears you end up getting more gear noise, as you mentioned before. Yeah. You know, you get you get a louder transfer case. Chain-driven transfer cases, like even in the Jeep Rubicon now, which is a four-to-one low range, you Very don't really you, you don't get any gear noise yeah. because it's all chain-driven. And it's bathed in oil, and it's, you and know... I, maybe I'm wrong on this, but I know the 
Like at least two thirty ones, two forty ones are shift on the fly in and out of four wheel drive with them. You can do it at speed. Can yeah. You, I don't think you can do that with the gear ones, can you? You know, it's kind of a hit and miss <clears throat> thing. It depends on the cut of the gears, whether they're straight cut, bevel cut, this and that. Yeah. Most people with an MP205, which is a gear-to-gear transfer case, and there was a heavy-duty one that was made up until the mid-90s in certain applications, you can, like, under 20, 30 miles an hour, you can kind of, like, gently shift it into four-wheel drive. Yeah. But there's no 50, 60 miles an hour of throwing <laughs> it in four-wheel drive. Yeah. Most chain-driven transfer cases, you can do that. Like, my excursion has a, I think, a... Uh, I think it's an MP271, if I'm correct in it. Um, <laughs> and maybe a Borg runner. I'm pretty sure it's an MP. But, you know, I can go down. I can be going on the freeway in icy, snowy conditions. And I, if I have my Pull front. it in gear. And I can throw it in gear. I'm yeah. Boom. And all of a sudden, I'm in gear. So there's some advantages there to the, you know, the changer, which has a planetary in it, too. The yeah. the, the the gear on gear, no planetary. The, the planetary is kind of this gear reduction thing that's inside of them. And so it was kind of, 74 was a revolutionary year in the transfer case industry. For sure. For sure. No. Man, your phone's making all kinds of Yeah, racket, whatever. Just let it make those noises. <laughs> so going back, though, um, you know, in 74, we got the 203 and then we got the Quadratrack. Now, the Quadratrack went through several generations, and I think they still call, do they still call the Grand Cherokee transfer case the Quadratrack? Currently, I have no idea. They used that name for years. I, I haven't looked into any newer. <clears throat> excuse me, jeez. I haven't looked into any newer drivetrain or gear train options on any of these current model vehicles. Well, I, said uh, my, the, I pretty much stop around the uh, the TJs and you know that stuff. But they, I'm saying era. they use that name for years, the Quadratrack name. I wouldn't be surprised if they're still calling it that. No. Um. <laughs> Where the MP203 was short-lived, it was, you know, I don't know, 10 years or so. But the 203 was unique that it used their low-range box was separate from the transfer case. So they had the the gear-to-gear low-range boxes on the front of the transfer case. Mm. And then they had the chain drive, four-wheel drive unit on the back of it. What's cool about that is you could pull the low-range box off the front of the 203 I was just going to bring that up because isn't that how they make the the doublers? The two hundred three, two hundred five yeah. doubler, which was made famous by our previous guest Stephen Watson, off road design. Oh, really? He's the one. Now, like he said, he admitted on the on huh. episode seventy three, last episode of the podcast, he said um, he was not the one to come up with the idea. Yeah, but he was the first one to mass produce it. Hmm. And. You know, you take a 203 range box. I do box, recall that now, yeah. That's called the range box, which allows you to put it in low range. Yeah. You take that, and he makes a plate to mount it to the front of a gear-to-gear 205. You get rid of the low range setup, and you make this doubler transfer case. So now, because the 205 An has... Ultra low range. <laughs> yeah, it's got a 4 to 1. It's a really neat setup. You, you've, you're able to have that. You're able to have this... Um, you know, you got a Lorange box in front of a transfer case that already has a Lorange. Hmm. Neat setup, you know. So yeah, you, you end up sure. getting the uh, essentially a three-speed transfer case because you have your four high, and then your your um, you're with your MP205. You get your standard four low, which is like a two to one, and then if you engage the MP203 range box on the front of it, you end up with like a four to one. So it, it, yeah, it's a pretty neat setup. Ooh. Nice. Yeah. So that's, that, it's got to add some length to the drivetrain, though. Well, 
ironically, the NP203 already was about the same size as a 205 with a range box in the front of it. Okay. So if you're building an old 70s truck that had a 203 in it to start with, and you do a 203-205 doubler, I think you only add like an inch to the drivetrain length. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's really like, huh. it's really compact. Yeah. Now, if you're taking something such as a Jeep or something like that, and you're retrofitting a 203-205, because a 205 never came in a Jeep. Yeah. And 203 never came in a Jeep. You're putting this doubler setup in there. Now, you're looking at something that's maybe three or four inches longer than your stock transfer Yeah, case. that's going to be a bit of a problem. <laughs> well... I mean, CJ7, TJ, YJ, uh, of course, an LJ or a JK, you're going to yeah. have the drivetrain length in it. Yeah, and the bigger ones you would, yeah. I, in a CJ5 or a flat fender, you're probably not going to have the drivetrain yeah. length to do it. But but at that rate, you might as well just build up an in, or Dana 300. Yeah, well, in <clears throat> the problem therein lies, though, you're still not a selectable. You don't have a standard low range and a deep low range. Yeah, that's true. You know, so that's that's the the beauty of the doublers. Yeah. But this is not the doubler episode. We said no, we were no. going to bring Stephen back on talking about doublers and yeah. the futures. We're kind of talking about here now the the chain driven versus the um, the gear driven. Now you've had rigs with both, or you have rigs with both. I have a rig with a man or um, a gear driven, but I've never actually driven it. Your Jeepster, <laughs> yeah, yeah, your Jeepster. And then your your TJ and um, TJ and the XJ are both uh, chain driven. Both two thirty ones, correct? Yep. Both. And them. the one I built up, I just put a, a six pinion planetary in it, heavy duty chain sprocket shut. Yep. 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 I thought I did something else to that Chevy that chain. It. Uh, it was actually out of a Dodge two thirty one. Oh, okay. All yes, right. heavy duty chain sprocket set or gears and chain out of that, uh, and then the six pinion planetary from a Chevy. Mm-hmm. On that, a slip yoke eliminator is what I did on that one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> um, so, listeners here, if you've got, um, oh, you know, so, okay, I guess pedaling back here for a second. Um, once again, I'm, I'm speaking to you as if you're a newbie, so forgive me, and there's nothing wrong with being a newbie if you are. If you don't know what kind of transfer case you have, and of course, you can Google it if you have a stockish vehicle. <laughs> if you don't have something as a hodgepodge of parts from something else. Yeah. <laughs> but if you've got a, a transfer case in there, majority of transfer cases built from the mid-70s to now typically have a tag on the back of them. And they'll straight up tell you what they are. Yeah. So there might be grease on there and things like that. So if you get under your rig and you kind of wipe it off and you take a look and you go, okay, and there'll be a little tag on there. And it doesn't matter if it's a Borg Warner or if it's a new process or whoever. I think they renamed it. it NVG over the years, too, at some uh, point. Or that's they, their current name, isn't it? Maybe that's what it is, yeah. Yeah, New Venture Gear. Something like that, yeah. yeah. And you go in there and you go, okay, and there's a tag. And the tag's going to tell you what you have. Now, vast majority of Jeeps since the mid-'90s have run, uh, until very recently, have run 231 transfer cases. Um, Dodge trucks ran like 241s. Chevy heavy duty trucks ran 241s. Uh, Chevy S series ran 231s, yeah. except for the very early ones, which ran out like a 208 or so. It was a weird number, but there are some funky numbers of those out but, there. Um, you know, John's talking about the 231 here. Now, the 231 is by for the chain driven transfer case world. 
for all purposes, is kind of the the hammer of the <laughs> of the stranger of transcript. And what I mean is, you know, there's there's no name brand. It's the 231 was used in Dodges, Chevys, Fords. It may have been used in some foreign applications. I'm not sure on that. But the 231, you can build the heck out of using stock parts. Yeah. But you kind of got to mix and match. Like John was saying, a bit, yeah. you use a Chevy Planetary, you use a Dodge Chain, you use, you know, but the parts all interchange for the most part. Which is nice because it's just one set of spare parts then too if you exactly. have multiples. Exactly. So there's some there's some cool ways to do some stuff with the 231. The same goes with the 241. And actually yeah. some of the 241 parts fit in the 231 because yeah. the 231 and 241 are the same architecture. Yeah, planetary gears, for example. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And you know, and one of the things like if you want to adapt it behind different transmissions, there's you can use the input from a variety of 231s and 241s. That's the craziest thing is the different kind of inputs you can get with that. Holy crap! <laughs> as far as I know, um, and I don't know how many in total, but I know that there was 23 spline, 28, 21. 31, 21, yeah. um, 32, 34, 37. Those are all available in those series of transmit yeah. transfer cases. There's so some long ones and short ones. Yep. Yeah. There's a lot of different things you can do with it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Cool thing, there's a lot of aftermarket support too. Uh, I think it's Terraflex makes a four to one front half of the case. Yes. And then now you have your what's what is it two seventy two to one? I believe is what the normal ratio is. But yeah, that case now that. you have a four to one. Yeah. And then you can get a what is it too high? No. Too low. It's a a shift fork. You can get gives you an extra uh, step. Instead of like your your two high two uh, four high four low two wheel drive and neutral, it adds. I think it's a, a two low. It's probably a two low there. rear. Yeah, I don't think there's a way currently. And if there's a listener out there that can correct me on this, I I don't think there's a way currently. And that's one of the disadvantages of a change of and transfer case is to get a front-wheel drive-only application. Yeah. So when you're rock crawling and you want to do a twin-stick setup and you want to be able to just... Like when I was on UA, there was a couple of guys, especially when we were the very last day and we were over there on Bikini Trail uh, just off of... Uh, in South Dakota, just off of the uh, Mount Rushmore. Um, some of the trails were so tight that really the rigs that pre- prevailed and really did the best were the ones that could take and engage front axle only yeah. <laughs> and dig around the corner and kind of just drag the rear axle, you know, like a trailer axle, just kind of drag it around the corner and then re-engage the rear axle. Now, the rig I was in with Chad, we were running a Rubicon Rock Track 241, I think is what it's called. Sounds right, yeah. Um, in the JK, even though it originally wasn't a Rubicon, we had a Rubicon one tr- swapped in. Those things and are hard to find. They're not cheap. <laughs> no, I know he paid a, uh, a pretty penny for it, but we were not able to just engage the front axle. Yeah. And I don't know of anybody that's able to do that with a change of a transfer case. Now, when you got a 300 or a 205, one of the old... You can do that. You can engage yeah. just the front. they got a twin-stick setup because they have the separate shifter rails. Yeah. Boom, you can do that. So that's a, you know, this is not a pro and con thing. We're just kind of talking about, you know, so like I said, 1974, that's when these things were introduced. And they kind of, within a few years, took over the the yeah. 4x4 market. Yeah. But, um, you know, 
Uh, so that's 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 kind of one of the disadvantages there. But um, there's many advantages to a trans a change driven transfer case, even though in the hardcore wheel hardcore wheeling world, um, they're I want to say they're not used because they're in all sorts of rigs, but they're not preferred. No. You know, people prefer the Atlas as an aftermarket, or they prefer putting in a 203, 205 doubler, or even just running a 205 in, like, big mud trucks yeah. or whatever. The chain-driven, or the gear-driven stuff is much it's more stout. popular. Yeah, it, It's, <laughs> it's heavy-duty. That's the thing. It's, it's yeah. The, the gear-driven stuff is more durable. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, you, you take a chain that slips, you're screwed. <laughs> I'll never forget, you know, I had... One of my first quote-unquote off-road rigs, and it was really not modified, was an eight, and I think I've talked about it on the show before. I had an '88 uh, S15 GMC Jimmy, which was the the last truck, and it was a two-door, five-speed stick, 207. That's what they were called. I had a 207 okay. transfer case behind that thing, which was the predecessor to the 231, and. You know, it was a gr- and then I saw all the fenders put some bald as thirty threes on it, and I took it to Drummond Island. I took it to other places in Silver Lake, and I had some fun with it. It was a great little rig, you know. It was a Michigan rig, you know. Oh, yeah. You could, you know, with thirty threes and a, I may have had a limited slip in the rear. I don't remember, but you know, it, it did okay for Michigan. Not lifted. I think I cranked the torsion bars. That was about it. Well, um, you know, the thing had like. 280 or 290,000 miles on it. It, nice. was, it was pretty high for, you know, a little S10, you know. Yeah. I mean, not unheard of, but pretty high. But as you'd shift this thing, every gear you would shift in, you'd hear clunk, clunk, clunk. <laughs> you know, and I got underneath it and I'm checking all the U joints and they're all tight and the rear axle's tight. I had a mechanic buddy who was big into Chevys and I took it over to him. I said, man, I says, this thing sounds like it's got a bad U joint. But the U-joints are fine. I said, I can't figure this thing out. So he takes it for a test driver on. He goes, yeah, man, you got a lot of transfer case slop. And yeah. I says, transfer case slop? Chain slop. And he goes, he goes, that chain has got to be so stretched <laughs> out in that thing. And I said, okay. I says, uh, what do you do? He says, well, you got to rebuild it or you got to buy a transfer case for it. And I never did. Mm-hmm. I was going to, but um, on the S trucks, the transfer case i believe had a different input spline count and they were kind of hard to find gotcha. with the t55 speed in them they're rare ish and uh so i kept driving it never did yeah. break on me and you know but it, you just it was a lot of noise it was noticeable <laughs> every shift you know and it wasn't like loud bone rattling but it was tunk 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 it sounded tunk. like a u-joint in there you yeah. know it was just so that's a disadvantage of the chains but uh yeah yeah i mean when they get older yeah for sure Higher mileage, higher mileage. That's yeah. a better phrase, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of which, you know, my excursion, which we've called Project Excursion in the past, uh, I didn't tell you this, but so the other night I'm working on the barn, you okay. know, which was going to be a new wheel and studio and all that. I'm out there, and I pull the, uh, the trailer next to the barn, and I've got 6,000 pounds of concrete on it, quick read bags. Huh. Okay. Pull next to it. And, you know, right where my concrete mixer is. And all of a sudden, rear wheels are spinning. Uh, okay, no big deal. Get out, lock the hubs to, you know, throw in foil drive. Nothing. 
it will That's not, not good. it will not engage into four wheel drive. Ugh. Getting some weird clunking sounds in the front, popping sounds. There's no broken U joints in the axle. Yeah, I don't know what the heck's going on with it, but yeah. Do you have that vacuum system in the front? Uh, nothing. It'll know it's been it's been got. I that was gotten rid of. It's got worn hubs on it now. Gotcha. So the hmm. vacuum system's gone. I don't know what's going on in there. I'm uh, not sure then. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to take a look at it this weekend or whatever. But I hate I hate to admit this to you, but Project Excursion got pulled up by a Land Rover. Oof. Oh. Oof. I know. I kind of wish for that Land Rover. Yeah. We can edit that out of this public. Statement, yeah, I'm right? just saying, man. <laughs> I'm sitting there and I'm looking over. Project in the drive. Excursion got pulled out by a big lifted Jeep. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> A Chevy with a Duramax, you <laughs> yeah. know, or a Cummins, you know. I uh, a large farmall. <laughs> I looked over at, I, you know, I, I walked in the house and I said to Stephanie, I says, I said, you need to go grab your Land Rover, and you need to hook it up. And she's like, so she pulls it over there. And this thing's got no togs. This thing's supposed to be like an African exploration vehicle. It has yeah. no togs. I know. I put like a D ring underneath the thing, <laughs> or not a D ring, a suicide clip. Mm-hmm. You know what those are, you know. Yeah. Put that baby on some little loop that was. In the, I told her I said go slow, mm-hmm. go slow. She got it out, but she it did pull it. I mean, she got three hundred horsepower, which yeah. is like double the excursion. But so she sat there with her heated seats on. Yeah, exactly, the radio, exactly. Idling out with this huge excursion behind. Her. She didn't idle out. She had to jerk it a couple of times, uh, but right? uh, she got her out of there. And uh, so then, get this, get this. Um, you know the tr- so I unhook the trailer from the excursion. I just, mm-hmm. I just abandoned it there right now. I get, I get all the concrete off of it, but I needed the trailer today. Yeah, and so last night I'm out there like ten o'clock, and I had played with the excursion on some dry pavement, and I was messing with some stuff, and I was looking underneath it, and I engaged four wheel drive, and it's like all right, it seems like it's engaged now. I could feel it pulling on the pavement. And all that. I'm like. I think I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it must have been something. Like, one of the things I read online, now, mind you, I'm very mechanically inclined. I rebuild yeah. this stuff all the time. But one of the things I read online was that the excursion electronic transfer case, which, by the way, I hate electronic transfer Agreed. cases. Agreed. That's something else. <laughs> all, as far as I know, electronic transfer cases are chain driven. The gear to gear ones are all shifter. Hmm. So, I never would have even thought of that. Yeah. But that makes sense. So I've got this, whatever the excursion's got in it. Yeah. Transfer case. Reach up on the dashboard, pull the very manly knob and turn this <laughs> thing, you know, from too high to four high. And, you know, okay, it seems like it's engaged. I'm like, I think I'm good. I go back. I go hook up. I go to try to hook up the trailer. No, excursion <laughs> gets stuck again. I'm like, oh, my God. So. Time to upgrade. Yeah, I get the boy with his Z71, <laughs> with his little Project Z71, you know, and he gets me pulled out. And then I said, all right, we're going to hook up the Z71 to the trailer. Mm-hmm. So I hook up the Z71 to the trailer, and his four-wheel drive is working. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> and he makes it about four feet, and he never drove on the trailer before anyways. Doesn't yeah. matter, but he makes it about four feet, and it just <laughs> sinks. <laughs> the, the soil south of the barn yeah. right now. Is like oil, man. I mean, it's like grease. I had the excavator when I was doing the foundation there, and it was literally sliding on the tracks. I would go ah. to grab something, and it would slide on the ground. Wow. It's that greasy. 
that it's like clay weird like it's hmm. so slippery and so the the z71 buried up to the hubs in the rear i'm Oof. like oh my god so I'm like, what are we going to... That gonna... explains why the driveway looks the way it does. Yeah. You saw the mud, did you? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. So now, so the, the Land Rover LR3 last night, Stephanie took up to get new tires. Mm-hmm. Great. So What'd the, you get? Uh, I don't want to admit it. Uh-oh. Well, apparently the BFGs were back-ordered. She was going to get some all-terrains. Yeah. So she ended up going with like Michelin something or other, and they were supposed to be similar to the all-terrains. And I went out and just looked at them car tires. They looked like car Ooh. tires. Um, so she sorry. did go up like two sizes though. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> it does look better, mm-hmm. but and they have like I don't know seventy thousand mile tread life warranty, and she does barely off road. Michelin's that thing are anymore. decent tires. I... The Michelin are good tires. I'll give yeah. you that. I'll give you that. But so I go, I go out there, and I'm like, all right, man. I'm like. So, my option right now is we got the Silverado buried, and I got two-wheel drive excursion. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, my piece of junk farm trailer that I have, for some reason, has a hitch on the back of it. (laughs) Now, mind you, I would never double trailer that thing down the road. (laughs) So, I went and hooked up a tow strap into the hitch and hooked up to the excursion. got the excursion up by the driveway where I had solid ground and pulled in backwards. And I just told him, I said, just steer. And he's nice. like, well, to back up a trailer. I'm like, you're fine, man. And so we <laughs> nice. got the whole thing pulled out. I, dude, I only got like four hours of sleep last night because after That's that whole debacle. That's what deboc- I get every night. Debacle, <laughs> yeah, I need my nine and my massage, my beauty sleep. Ain't no man. amount of extra sleep going to make you look any better. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, you know, um, I currently, and I guess I'll have to update our listeners I don't know if the problem with the transfer case, or I don't know if the problem in the excursion is the changer of a transfer case, or if it's something with the hubs in the front of the lockout hubs. I'm leaning towards the transfer case. The I'm, hubs are mechanical. Yeah, it either works or it doesn't. <laughs> well, the popping and the pulling, I'm kind of leaning towards maybe one of the hubs is like stripped or something. I, I mean, that's possible. They're too. worn premium hubs, so. It's know, possible, man. I guess, yeah. Possible, but I mean, I don't beat that. I mean, I beat it up at work every day, <laughs> but I don't off-road it like yeah. hardcore every day. But, huh. um, So, yeah, man, uh, you know, I don't know. It might be the transfer case, but I'll tell you what. I wonder if there are any options to swap that for a, a mechanically shifted one. They are. So, oh, good. Um, if you get a mechanically shifted transfer case out of a Super Duty mm-hmm. truck, nice. Uh, you can... Just, just swap it. There's apparently nice. I've read some things online where you can get rid of the servo motor on the top mm-hmm. and you could like modify a shifter to it. Hmm. But I already know that I've got a leaking seal uh, between the trans and transfer case. If I pull that transfer case out, I am not putting an electric <laughs> transfer. Yeah, I wouldn't either. You know, that's that's the I would just pop one in and you know a floor shifted one and yeah, maybe a manual matter i don't i mean i mean you know priorities options good reliable vehicle keep the automatic you know i almost threw up there saying yeah 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 so (laughs) the thing is i've got the 4r 100 automatic knock on wood i got three hundred sixty thousand miles on that thing (laughs) and you know, so unlike it's due for replacement. Uh, un, no, unlike our friend Mister Bob, who goes through a transmission in his Dodge every thirty thousand miles. You know what? Yeah, he's only got transmission number seventeen on that. The Cummins now. 
Uh, you ever seen him drive? He no, literally heaven. drives his driveway. He, he freaking just hammers it and then drops it in gear and, you know. And yeah, poor truck. <laughs> yeah. I mean. He basically carries a spare one in his toolbox. I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm on the stock transmission. on The old 40100 is treating me good. The only reason I like the automatic is traffic coming back from work, driving every day. I'll give it that. I had a few times driving Pegasus yeah. and some traffic on 94, yeah. especially when you get on a hill. Ooh, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> that really well, your sucks. new Cybertruck, whenever it comes in, is going to be I forgot about that, automatic. yeah. You forgot about the fact that you put a deposit on a... <laughs> Cyber Trunk tr- I'm not going to see for four years? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I haven't thought about it, like, at all. Mm. Well, that reignites a spark. <laughs> well, I'm just saying. I think it's going to be sweet, man. I'm excited. But anyways, you know, so folks, you know, we were not, this, the attention of episode 74 was not really here to tell you all the technical information between a chain-driven or a transfer case uh, or a gear-driven transfer case or a um, chain-driven. But, um... You know, to let you know, there are some pros and cons to both. Yeah. Uh, you get the the better noise quality with the chain. You get the lack more, of noise. Your lack of noise. <laughs> you get a durability with the gear driven, and uh, weight differences between them. Yeah, they're they're typically the lighter with thing. the chain chain yeah. driven. The three hundred's pretty light. Still still hefty though. Yeah, it's a cast iron case. Yeah. So, so yeah, they're they're heavy. Still pretty heavy. Kind of regret selling mine. Hmm. I've always regretted that. <laughs> but. but tell you what here, and there's not many, if you're building an off-road rig, there's not many driver drop options for a... No, that's the biggest problem. So you pretty much are stuck with a Ford 205. That uh, or a flip kit. A flip kit for a 300. <laughs> yeah, so. that was something I looked into, that and a clocking kit and all this and that to make it work. And Yeah, I, I traded it. I don't remember if I traded it or sold that one. No, I sold it. I traded to get it, and then I sold it. <laughs> and once again, because I know I do this a lot, but I, I always I try to remember that we do have newbies listen to the podcast. Difference between driver drop and passenger drop, your front axle and your 4x4, um, your drive shaft comes in either on your driver's side or your passenger side. Now, most modern 4x4s, in fact, pretty much all modern 4x4s from the... Late 90s to now are driver drop vehicles, which means that your drive shaft goes up the driver's side or, you know, left side of the vehicle if you're in the U.S. and many parts of the world. Otherwise, you know, whatever, right-hand drive vehicles are weird. (laughs) Um, The left side of the vehicle, and it goes up that way. That's called a driver drop. And so most of your chain-driven transfer cases are driver drop. They did not make many gear-to-gear. In fact, the only one I'm aware of off the top of my head is the Ford 205, which was made until the early 80s with the uh, cast iron driver drop because Ford has pretty much always been driver drop vehicles where in the early days, Dodge, International, Ford, Jeep were all passenger drop and they didn't start going over to driver drop until the late 80s. So, you know, and that was kind of your your switch over from your gear driven to your chain driven transfer cases. So like John said, flip kit on a Dana 300, which turns the transfer case upside down, makes it a driver drop transfer case or there are aftermarket cases to go to that so you know there's lots of pros and cons to both oh um, without a doubt 
if you are a hardcore fan of one or the other, and I know that in the 4x4 world, there are some very divisive opinions on chain-driven versus gear-to-gear. Go to 4x4 Talk and tell us why. And that's the Facebook group. If you're not already on it, join the Facebook group 4x4 Talk, 4x4 Talk, and tell us why you think one or the other is better. I like that. You know, See the, what everybody has to say about it. Exactly. We're going to make you all work this week. <laughs> yeah, we are. And, uh, you know, just so that's that's what we're talking about. And so there's, there's applic- applications for both. And I also want to give a little plug, especially since he's been, he's not a sponsor, but uh, a great supporter of the podcast, and that is Stephen Watson of Off-Road Design. If you are looking to rebuild or build a 203 or a 205, or a 203-205 doubler, you need to get a hold of Stephen Watson of Off-Road Design because they have parts for all of that, adapter kits for all of that, and if you're looking to a gear-driven, heavy-duty transfer case, they are the people to talk to. Now, I you know, nothing wrong with an Atlas or anything like that, but you're going to be significantly cheaper <laughs> going to an yeah. Off-Road Design setup. You know, there's you can pretty much put together a tick butt uh off-road design setup for under two grand where an atlas is going to be north of four grand by the time you're done so um talk to stephen watson uh if you heard him on the podcast before you can hear the passion in his voice and you know he's going to treat you right so without a doubt you know so just go to go to them and offroaddesign.com and they can do some really cool stuff there but um, John, uh, any other? Do you got any other notes on gear driven or versus uh, <sighs> chain driven transfer cases or anything like that? Don't waste your time on an electronically shifted case. No garbage, anything you do. garbage, man. If it's <laughs> got a, if it. it's got a knob or buttons on the dashboard, just forget it and just put something <laughs> in it with a shifter. Drive it till it dies and then fix it right with a mechanical. Yeah, shift. exactly, exactly. Yeah, we are not fans of that. We no. like the floor shifter. Yeah. Yeah, you for know, sure. all hail the floor shifter. <laughs> I like that. I'm telling you, man. I don't know why that amuses me that way. I just, no, I'm not a fan. I'm, I'm with you. The excursions are the first vehicles I've ever had with the, because, I, you know, I'm on my third excursion, and yeah. then I had the Super Duty, and they all had that stupid knob on the yeah. dashboard. Not a fan. Not no. a fan, man. I Give me my floor shift transfer case. Again, I don't like any automated or automatic features nope. like that. I want to tell it what to do. I don't want it telling me what it's doing. I'm fine with gear to gear. I'm fine with chain driven, yeah. but I want a real shifted transfer yep. case. I don't want, and I don't, you know, next thing you know, there's going to be an app on your phone. Speaking of which, not, not an app on your phone, but when I just told you about how we use the LR3 to pull out the excursion. Yeah. There's no... There probably is, but there's nothing on there that tells us for low. <laughs> there's like six different ranges, but none of them say for low. Huh? No. How does there's that like work? Cactus mode, <laughs> snow mode, <laughs> and I don't know if that's so much your transfer case as a whole suspension change yeah. there. Rock crawl mode. So I was like, put it in rock crawl mode. Uh, that would be the one that would make sense. Though. That's what I'm <laughs> yeah. hoping. I'm like, just put it in rock crawl. Hopefully that's far low. <laughs> it did the job, but nice man. I'm still not a Land Cruiser or Land Rover fan. <laughs> so I think this is more of a guy problem. But if you read the manual, 
it might tell you what they are. I don't know that we have one for it. We'll have to <laughs> Google it, you know? It's, it's so probably bad. there somewhere. I don't even know what kind of transfer case that thing has. And being the British, it probably has like a squirrel that runs in a cage <laughs> and there's rubber bands and give him a little more credit and than there's that, like there's like 27 volt electronics <laughs> that are converted to 12 volt negative ground that are then converted <laughs> to I, I not a british vehicle fan no no i mean their, their old rifles are pretty cool but well, yeah. that's about it so, <laughs> i man. hope they make great tea <sighs> John, 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 John. Ugh. I've had some fun with this, but if our listeners want to talk about more things about transfer cases, where do they need to hear about us? Well, or talk about a podcast. Okay, I mean, they're okay. kind of already doing that. All right, all right. <laughs> no, I mean, you already kind of hit the high points on that. Our Facebook t- uh, group, uh, 4x4 Talk. Uh, just a quick couple questions to get you in on that. You can post, ask questions to Keith and myself. Um I mean, interact with the general public or the general public. Yeah. Yeah, It's not just, you know, limited to us. Nope. (laughs) Uh, As always, a huge thanks, Mr. Andrew, our producer. Without him, none of this would be possible. And he would probably not have nightmares about hearing our voices every night. I'm sorry. I apologize Mm -hmm. on behalf of both of us. Uh, I'm missing something I know. Well, if they're interested, I know we didn't talk about it very much in this episode, but if they're interested in hearing about the Museum of Off-Road Adventure, um, we have the Facebook page, Museum of Off-Road Adventure, and there's also the Facebook group for vintage 4x4 stuff called 4x4 Museum. Feel free to join those as well. Uh, Yeah, there uh, we got Patreon, too. Yeah, and the Patreon After yeah. Show, which we are recording new episodes for. We've been lax for a few episodes, um, simply some because more of issues scheduling. with the website too, and Absolutely. scheduling conflicts we've had with a lot of stuff lately. <laughs> How do they find us on Patreon? Uh, Patreon.com slash Wheeling Radio accesses those two dollars a month. Uh, get access to our After Show, a lot of extra, additional, and bonus content. That's kind of like three double negatives, there, isn't it? Sounds about right. Yeah, a lot of extra stuff you get to listen to that we don't either necessarily get to in the show or have time for. A little more of a relaxed um, PG-13 kind of content, I want to phrase it as. We'll go with that. We'll go with that. So, yeah, those $2 a month get access to that. And I think that's it. So, with that, uh, thanks for listening, and have a good one, everybody.